Hello, and welcome back to the TwinCast. Because of Christopher Nolan's newest film, Tenet, changing, release date changing more than the weather, we have decided to review the Star Wars movies for now. And we will review the Christopher Nolan films at a later date. So what we decided to do is we were going to go in reverse chronological order. We're going to go the newest films, the Disney era trilogy, then the prequels, and then, of course, the classics. And Oliver, to start us off, what films will we be examining today? So we're going to go in chronological order, starting from The Force Awakens, which I believe was released in like 2015 or something, and um, The Rise of Skywalker, which was released last year. And, and then we're Last gonna start, Jedi. Yeah, Last Jedi, which is sandwiched in between from 2018. Yeah. And we might touch a little bit on the, the, what's it called, the companion films. We're not sure, though. Yeah, um, about them. the spin-offs. Yeah. The spin-offs, as they're called. Okay. So, Oliver, why don't you give us a little plot synopsis of Rise of Force Awakens? So, um, essentially, The Force Awakens um, starts off with a desert scavenger named Rey, who joins forces with the Resistance to stop a newly, you know, reinvigorated empire that calls well, the itself the First Order. The First Order, I think. I can't even remember. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the First Order, I'm not sure. So this film begins, is kind of a rip-off, honestly, of, of A New Hope. It's literally the same, every plot beat is followed. J.J. Abrams literally took no risk, and the only risk he took was making Poe kind of a, he went from being a uh, soldier to being a, he went from being a soldier to being a resistance leader, which he could have done a lot more with, but J.J. Abrams decided to play it safe and keep the storyline very kind of the same plot beats at the, as a new hope, which I found to be yeah. really infuriating. He didn't take any risks within the film and that turned out to be a problem, but there are still some positives on this film. And Oliver, why don't you start us off with one of the positives? Um, well, I mean, we have really interesting new characters, at least at the time. Like at that time, you know, Ray was this mysterious desert scavenger girl who we knew nothing about. Mm -hmm. Finn was a stormtrooper who like turned to the other side, which was kind of interesting because we never saw that in any other Star Wars movies. Mm -hmm. And um, Kylo Ren was this kind of whiny um, villain who kind of idolized Darth Vader. Yes. I have to say he actually did get better. Like mm -hmm. during The Last Jedi and... Um, Rise of Skywalker, he did improve a little bit. Mm. In fact, I think by um, the third movie, he was actually the best character. So yeah, mm. we have a lot of interesting characterization in um, The Force Awakens. Yeah. You know, it started off something quite interesting, and I kind of wish that they expanded more, but yeah. it's still a positive. So J.J. Abrams, what he decided to do was he took some, like, some character aspects from... Han Solo and all the um, main cast, but then create new characters. Ray is this scavenger with who doesn't know who our parents are, and it kind of creates this mist. She's kind of a mysterious character because as the movies progress, we get a little bit more about her. But even throughout those films, we aren't actually given a definitive, true kind of understanding of her past, which was an interesting move on the Star Wars. We got Poe Dameron, who's kind of like this. He's not a rogue like Han Solo, but he's kind of this bombastic, almost like rebellious fighter pilot who's really talented and um, helps Ray 
when she finds BB-8, the droid. And I would also agree that what I call, what I say about, what well, I would agree with your characterization of Finn. Finn was probably the most interesting character from like a story perspective. They could have really expanded on his, on his backstory a lot more if they had agree, yeah. put some more effort into making him a much more compelling character due to his kind of secretive backstory. Yes, I agree. Um, they really kind of set up something interesting yeah. with him. It's just they never really got around to kind of expanding him. Like in The Rise of Skywalker, Finn was kind of sidelined and it was really, yes. really disappointing. Same as The Last Jedi, in which they kind of tried to focus on the development of like mm -hmm. these Jedi things. I don't know. Yeah. So, Oliver, what are some of the negatives of the film? And just like give like some quick negatives before we move on. Yeah, I think one of the biggest negatives was that the movie, like you said, doesn't take pretty much any risks. One thing I noticed is that I actually kind of liked The Force Awakens a little bit too much. Yeah. And that was kind of a problem because mm -hmm. it just strives so much to like hit all these classic Star Wars plot no. points yeah. and to appease the audience like as much as possible that mm -hmm. we don't really get anything new. And that's kind of like a common theme throughout all the three, you know, sequel trilogy. Well, except for, except Star for The Wars Last movies. Jedi. They just, yeah. And then like they, The Last Jedi kind of strayed away from that pattern of as much fan service as possible. So mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah, so this yeah, film think... really what I think it did was, I mean, honestly, I still enjoy this movie a lot, even though there's a lot of negatives to it because it was the first Star Wars movie Oliver and I had ever seen on the big screen. It was like yeah. this huge experience. I remember you had to buy tickets in April for a movie that hadn't even premiered a trailer yet. And they sold out in like 14 minutes. So it was a grand experience. I think that's what really aided us in loving this film a lot more than we really should have because it was not very good and was really just followed a lot of the too many plot points. And that was the biggest negative. There aren't really that many other negatives besides how repetitive the story can feel and how it did not reinvent the Star Wars formula. Mm -hmm. Oliver, let's talk about the next film, which is... The Last Jedi. Um, and then we'll circle right. back to Rogue One and the other two at the end of the... Yeah. At the end of the That episode. sounds good. Yep. So give us a little synopsis of The Last Jedi. So in The Last Jedi... Um, we kind of focus more on Rey as opposed to the other resistance members mm -hmm. as she's kind of training with um, Luke Skywalker to become a Jedi, which yeah. I think we'll go over later. But Yeah. And then um, yeah. there's some other plot points about the first order and this new weapon they're building to kind of take over the world. And so that, that's a basic plot synopsis, but Oliver, why don't we get some positives of the film and then we'll, we'll spend a little bit more time on this one as opposed to some of the other films. Well, like we've mentioned before, The Last Jedi is probably the only movie in the new sequel trilogy that actually takes any risks, risks. without kind of, you know, mitigating its own um, power. Because yeah. like in The Last Jedi, they, they do this thing in which they kill off like a character and then they bring him back. Like... Mm. In that movie, if they actually kept that character dead, it would have been really powerful. Mm -hmm. And it would have helped the, de the development of one of the main characters. 
but unfortunately they didn't do that so i'm actually quite happy that the last jedi took like risks and didn't there was yeah I like step that, back yeah they they really took some risks and they really put a lot of effort into the storyline and stuff and ryan johnson rather than creating star wars film created more of a examination of fallen heroes and kind of the evolution of the jedi and kind of the darkness that is held within the Jedi, which I found to be really, really interesting and really um, powerful. But the film has a lot of, has a, has a, the film itself explores a lot of great ideas, but Mm -hmm. it also has 30 minutes of almost unwatchable Star Wars shenanigans where this girl Rose and Finn go off to some casino for some reason. It's such a forgettable plot line that really bogs down the runtime of the film. And if they had cut that th- those 30 minutes out, it would have been probably up with the greats of Empire Strikes Back and The New Hope. But because yeah. of these 30 minutes, the plot kind of stalls for a long time. And there's like some Jedi children and stuff. It's really weird. And it makes no sense why that was put in the film. Oliver, what were your thoughts on the Cantabite bit of the film? It was incredibly unnecessary. Like, mm-hmm. it, it was also really boring. Yeah. Like, the chase scene itself wasn't that thrilling at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, who was that character's name again? The hacker dude? Oh, um, portrayed um, yeah. by Yeah. He, like, he was kind of sleazy and a little bit interesting. Benicio but the problem is... Yeah. Yeah. Benicio de Toro. He was a little bit interesting, but then they basically did nothing with him. He's such a fantastic like, actor. Yeah. And it was such a, such a waste of his character, but I guess that's okay for now. I guess I was okay because the film's exploration of new themes and ideas was really strong through this idea that it almost, what was hinted at was they were going to kill, they killed Snoke, which was a big twist. But then mm-hmm. what didn't make sense is that J.J. Abrams should have stuck with the formula of these films and what he should have done in my opinion was actually turn ray into the dark side because there was a lot of hints that ray had this darkness within her right oliver yeah and this darkness within her um was also kind of connected to the good inside of ben or uh kylo ren so if they had explored that a little bit more i thought the film would have been a li- a lot better but I still think this is probably the strongest of the three films. It's not as good as Rogue One, but it's still pretty strong. And I think it's a good addition to the Star Wars um, canon. Yeah, I think before we go on with um, The Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. I, I kind of like to mention that there's a lot of plot holes in like The Last Jedi. Yeah. Like, it kind of contradicts its own universe. I think the biggest example is... That scene in which um, Laura Dern, she crashes like her starship into the the First Order, like, Yeah, that didn't make any sense. Yeah, because like hyperspace, it's kind of like a wormhole. Yeah. It's not just going through space really quickly. So like things like that, it kind of brings the film down a little bit. But to be honest, you know, The Last Jedi presents so many good ideas that it's not really yeah. that, much of an, that much of an issue. Like plot holes should never be that big. Yeah, so let's talk about probably one of the probably the one of the worst Star Wars films in the canon, 
um, Oliver, we're going to talk about the rise of Skywalker. So, Oliver, let's get a little rundown of the film. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, so I can give a... Yeah, so, they, no, I mentioned to him. So basically the resistance, they're kind of residing on this random planet that looks a lot like Earth. <laughs> and yeah, and then for some reason they find out that Palpatine has been revived or something. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know how to say this, but um, Rey is still doing her Jedi training stuff, which mm-hmm. isn't really needed because she's kind of overpowered. But you know, it sets up this massive like final battle mm-hmm. between the resistance and the First Order. Yeah, this movie is terrible. It is really bad. It's so you know, problematic. It's too too many. This movie, people say Last Jedi has plot holes. This movie has a huge plot hole. And that is, there is no way there has been this kind of dark order with millions and millions of Sith Lords residing underground. That made no sense to me. How yeah. this has been connected to the Star Wars canon. And Just also, like, yeah. Yeah, sorry. How did Palpatine survive? That made no sense. That literally yeah, made- not only, not only did it like not make sense. Um, mm-hmm. It also kind of mitigated the effect of you know Return of the Jedi, with yeah. Darth Vader's redemption. Like it just com- it completely made Darth Vader's sacrifice obsolete. Yeah, it actually brought down the value of the original trilogy somehow. Yeah, and that's kind of that's, that's a, a really problem. difficult task. Yeah, that's a big problem. For three of probably the best trilogy ever made, how can they ruin it? They literally ruin probably the most powerful Star Wars film, Return of the Jedi, with some some cheap, lame trick that I actually kind of also blame Ryan Johnson for this mm-hmm. a little bit, this bringing back Palpatine. Because what J.J. Abrams figured out was that, right, Snoke was slated to be the big baddie, right? The new Palpatine, but instead... Ryan Johnson's like, I hate this guy. Let's cut him in half, which on its own was really cool. But it provided a huge gap for the films. And Ryan Johnson had painted kind of this new path of Ray turning to darkness. And uh, what's his name? Ben going yeah, ben. the light. But they decided to, you know what? Let's scrap that storyline and and uh, let, let's do, um, let, let's bring Palpatine back because everyone loves Palpatine. And we do because it worked for the first three, not for these ones. Palpatine is irrelevant right now. And it really made me angry. This movie really made me angry. And it made the other ones, it made every other Star Wars movie look so much worse because of how poorly written this film was. All I agree. Like they just, they just shoved Palpatine into the movie. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, they didn't have anything else to do. Mm-hmm. It is a little bit unfortunate that Ryan Johnson, like, he kind of screwed up the path of the franchise mm-hmm. and the future, yeah. like, the trilogy. But, like, you know, it was a great movie still. So, this, yeah. like, some of the fault can be placed on him, but not all of it. Like, yeah. at least in the prequels, Palpatine being in it makes sense. But yeah, in this does. one, it's just... Mm-hmm. It's just lazy writing, to be honest. Yeah. I think the real problem was that J.J. Abrams, there was no roadmap for any of these films, right? That's the one thing I can give about the prequels, is George Lucas developed a clear, concise, three-act story of Anakin's arc, right? Which I really liked. 
That is the one thing I can give to the prequels and to the, the original trilogy is that there was a clear, concise kind of story development and plot line that is yeah. followed throughout these films. Instead, you know what happened with this one? They, they literally ruined Star Wars for the, with this film because it was so boring. And also, they tried to make it like this emotional film. But by the end of the film, you're like, thank God that movie is over. Rather than, wow, that was one of the most powerful Star Wars movies I've ever seen. And I really thought this movie suffered because of how poorly written it was and how there was no roadmap. They couldn't build a three-act story that followed this kind of plot line that was followed throughout each three films. And that was a big, that's a big problem for me. Although, what were your thoughts on not having a clear roadmap? Well, like you were saying, um, there wasn't any direction. Like, at least with the prequel trilogy, you know, with all the cringy dialogue and <laughs> padded down pacing yeah. and incredibly boring romantic walks and strolls. Yeah. At least George Lucas, like, kind of had a passion. Mm-hmm. Like, he, you, you could tell that even though he can't really write dialogue, <laughs> he wanted to make these movies. But yeah. you don't see any desire in the sequel trilogy. No. Like, at least Ryan Johnson had ideas. But, like, J.J. Abrams in his two movies, you could tell that he just wanted to make a Star Wars movie. And yeah. he wanted to, you know, the only reason that these movies are existing is because Disney wanted more money. Yes. Exactly, Oliver. Great. You're so right, yeah. So that was a big problem of these films, and I think that this one made the other ones a lot worse, which is a big problem. Yeah, it's also a monumental task because the movies before, even like the other two sequel trilogy movies, they were actually pretty good. Yeah. So it's, it's just a massive and difficult thing to do to bring those movies down. Like you have to try. Yeah, you really do. do. So yeah, we really don't have any positives on this film. Even Kylo Ren's arc is pretty bad. It's yeah, not except, you know, what? it's not handled correctly, but um, the Han Solo moment was kind of, it got to, it got to me a little bit. Yeah. But, but that's but only she, because like we know Harrison Ford outside of. Yeah, we love that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not based on the own film's merit. Yeah, so we're, now we're going to talk about, um, talking about Harrison Ford and Han Solo. We're going to discuss briefly Han Solo and Rogue One. Oliver, let's get a little synopsis or a plot overview of Rogue One, and then we'll get into spoiler territory. Well, at its, you know, at its core, Rogue One is like a war film mm-hmm. in which a couple of a couple of rebel soldiers, this is before New Hope, but a couple of rebel soldiers, they found a flaw in like the super weapon that the Empire is um, developing. So they tried to get, they try to go to this planet that holds a lot of Imperial records mm-hmm. so that they can steal the, they could steal the super weapon plans and find that flaw. Yeah. So yeah, this film is a bridge between a New Hope and Revenge of the Sith, which I really like. I think this is probably the strongest of the newest Star Wars films. And even though the first two thirds are a little slower, a little bit more exposition, this film is amazingly good. I think this is probably one of the best Star Wars movies. It's the, I think it's the fourth best Star Wars movie besides the original trilogy. And it was really amazing of how well written and how almost emotional this film was. 
Oliver, give us some of your positives. Um, the action is really impressive. Like, mm -hmm. I think something we forgot to mention in um, the last shot, um, not the last shot, in The Rise of Skywalker, is that, like, all the characters are kind of overpowered. Yeah. You're watching a bunch of gods, like, fight each other, and it's not that interesting. But in Rogue One, everybody is kind of like a foot soldier. Yeah. So we really see, like, the events in the eyes of the rebel soldiers it's yeah. way i think that's another aspect that makes this film so interesting mm -hmm. it's a lot more different from the you know the original trilogy yeah and we're, we're watching a bunch of heroes fight each other heroes yeah. and villains in um, rogue one it's it's essentially a war movie like i said it's a bunch of soldiers who are working it's a ragtag team of skilled operatives trying to beat the empire and I honestly thought that this film probably had the best ending besides Empire Strikes Back and um, Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean, Oliver? Is that yeah. this film had the most powerful ending of any Star Wars movie. As I thought Kathleen Kennedy would do some kind of cop-out and they would be saved at the last minute and would um, like somehow reappear in the new films. But no. What we, what we actually see is the most powerful ending of any Star Wars movie with, we see um, Jyn Erso and Cassian holding each other on this planet as they see this flashing light come next to them and then they just get, they just die. And it was like some of the most powerful Star Wars besides the ending of, I think this is the most powerful Star Wars moment besides the ending of, Return, I think. Return of the Jedi, with yeah, which is the most powerful scene in Star Wars. But this one was really good, and I think it was probably the strongest of the newer films. And I don't understand why I just didn't hire this director to make the new another Star Wars film because he was a lot more adept than any other director we've seen. Yeah, I kind of agree with. I no, I completely agree with you. Yeah. But um. Another thing that makes this movie so great is yeah. it kind of ties in with what we were talking about. This movie actually took like a massive risk mm -hmm. by killing off, you know, all the heroes. That's yeah. something that we haven't actually really seen in any other Star Wars film. Mm -hmm. So I'm really glad that they went that route instead of, like you've said, introducing them into the new movies. So now we're going to do a little bit of, we're going to talk a little bit about um, the new, what's it called? Solo story. I think this movie yeah. is bad. I mean, I don't have much to say about it. Oliver, do you have any real thoughts on yeah, this I mean, film? It's not as layered as like the original trilogy, but, and like the characterization isn't that strong, but it's kind of fun. Like, it's just a very interesting heist film. It's like a heist film, but it's really, it's the, Return of Darth Maul, though, is pretty cool, I guess. I yeah. just have some moments to say. This is such a forgettable movie that there isn't much to say about it that I, I can't really say any negatives or positives because it's kind of boring. It's yeah, really the only you. way I can call it. The characterization is just so bland. Like, mm -hmm. Solo is supposed to be some incredibly, like, unpredictable and dangerous scoundrel, but still lovable. But in like the star in the solo Star Wars story, he's just this outright hero who does like everything yeah, yeah. good. And he's, he's like so like courageous and everything. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He isn't that lovable rogue that he is in A New Hope or Empire. 
which I thought was pretty Irani. dumb mm. and just bad writing. So this is a film we don't really have that many thoughts on, and we're just going to give our ratings. So, Oliver, what is your rating of, what's it called, of A Force Awakens? I mean, I'd give it a 7 out of 10 because, you know, I like it. It was designed to make me like it. Yeah. And it achieved that goal. So, I'd give I think it I'll a, just... I would give this movie a 6 out of 10. That's pretty fair. I don't think it has aged that well. Let's go on to Last Jedi. What would you give Last Jedi? Maybe an 8 out of 10. It does have its, like, fair share of problems. Yeah, I... Yeah. Fair share of... Yeah, keep going, Oliver. But, it, but you know, I can appreciate what Johnson tried to do. Yeah. I would say... I would give it a 7.5. And what what it so for Return of Rise of Skywalker? What would you give it? Uh, a two. I mean, it had two. nice visuals. I don't think I'd give it that low, but I, I think I'd give it a four out of yeah, ten. Sure. Why you would give it such a bad grade? What would you give Rogue One? Yeah, it's definitely the best out of the new trilogy. Mm-hmm. I'd give it an eight point five. Eight point. I'd give it an eight. And finally, okay. what would you give Solo a Star Wars story? Um, I'd give it you know, your Rise of Skywalker score. I'd give it a four. I'd give it a five, probably. Okay, thank you so much for being here. Um, please tune back next week to hear our review of the prequels. Thank you so much.